selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Hello, welcome over here to the podcast. This is episode 51. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. I know we're sitting at Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. If you guys are not listening to this on Tuesday, well, you might be a day or two behind, but it's still going to be a fantastic episode. Yesterday was really, really, really good. I did enjoy that one quite a bit. Today's going to be phenomenal as well. I just like looking at pretty much websites, you know, like Fox or CNN, see exactly what they, what their agenda for the day is. It's always, it's ever changing slightly. CNN's pretty much always the same. Uh, it's always talking about the virus and or Trump. So pretty much we got a comparing Omicron and Delta. There's no known mutations that can make a virus evade precautions such as face masks, hand washing, and distancing. Greece makes vaccines mandatory for over 60. COVID vaccine rules in France. One thing Biden will not do to fight Omicron. Doctors treating Omicron patients. Even if you get infected and it is fine, you may have contributed to mutations that are stronger. How to fight COVID-19 while uh, scientists wait for answers on Omicron. That's literally... Every single one of the imagine paying people at these people I've seen are being paid to write these things. And it just keeps going on. It just keeps going on and on. Apparently, USC had to issue an apology for offensive chant during football game. That one just popped up. We are going to. Oh, it's it's actually not. Oh, it's not found. Wait a sec. Something's wrong here. We got to look at this. I wonder if it's Joe Biden. I really hope that's the chant or it's going to be something stupid like the tomahawk. What the fuck was the chant? It doesn't say it just says it was offensive. Okay, maybe that is a little bit more offensive than I was expecting. Um, it was actually USC was the student section was chanting the Mormons. Oh, okay. All right. So we'll backpedal a little bit. Yeah, I guess it could be seen as it's probably quite offensive. That just popped up as I'm sitting here. Whoa. All right. That's kind of an odd way to start this thing off. Well, we'll go over to our first little article we're going to talk about. Definitely not that one. That one kind of caught me just a tad bit off guard. My apologies there if you are Mormon. I guess it was so offensive that CNN didn't want to put it on their website, and I just happened to... I'll do it for them. I always find it kind of strange that 
this right here, uh, Biden actually comes out and says the Omicron variant is actually not a cause for panic, but just a cause for a concern. But for the last year and a half, they've been stealing fear on the entire American population to be panicking, to be wearing masks and doing all the stuff that they're basically all going to, everyone's going to, is going to die of the variant or some sort of variant of COVID. And now he's saying, you know what? Calm down. Don't panic. It's going to be fine because he knows what's going to happen. Poll numbers are going to drop. He's already doing horrible in the polls. Doesn't want the economy to collapse at at, at all. That's another thing that he's worried about. Democrats are ranked so low on how they handle economy that he cannot take another economic collapse, or excuse me, I said a collapse, an economic collapse again. And the other thing is, the stock market has been actually kind of treading real lightly when it comes to this thing. If you guys have not noticed, last week on Friday was the, the sharpest decline of the entire year for the entire market. Monday, we, of course, we came back a little bit, but then today it's actually started off pretty rough and it has to do everything with this. No one really knows. I mean, uh, the Moderna and Pfizer, their, their CEOs have came out and say they don't really know. This is kind of a weird thing as well. They said, yeah, we don't really know exactly how well our shot's going to do against this new vibe. We'll know in a couple weeks. You know what it's done to the entire stock market? It's literally making it do like this. Just, oh, you know what? It, the, the guys that created the, the vaccine are saying, you know what? It's probably not... It may not work. We don't know yet. Or they just don't want to be held liable. So if it doesn't work, that could also be another thing. And to be honest with you, who knows if those CEOs actually want it to work? You know how much more money they get paid if it doesn't work? And they're like, all right, so you must get this booster for this for this new variant. Who knows? I mean, who really, who really knows at this point? Let's go get the shot. I guess that's the last thing. That's pretty much what they're going to tell you. Just go get the shot. President Joe Biden on Monday said that the new variant of coronavirus is cause for concern, not a cause for panic while maintaining his administration plan to combat COVID-19. This winter will not involve shutdowns or lockdowns, but rather a strategy for more widespread vaccination. So that's the other thing. How, if you, people haven't got vaccinated already, what are you going to do to appeal to them to actually make them go get it? I got it because I wanted to travel. I knew I couldn't travel. I got it. I've actually already had COVID, so I guess I'm good to go on both ends. I don't really know. It says it gives us time knowing that American people need to understand what they have to get your vaccine and not have to get the shot and have to get a booster. So what I'm talking about here, did he shut down the flights from Africa to instill fear on the American population and to make them think and to send them into a little bit more panic mode than they actually needed to be in to cause and to get them to actually think, you know what, I need to get the vaccine. Was there a real reason to shut down the flights coming out of Africa? Was there? Or was it more of a, a, a thing to get the media to start talking about this new variant and make it seem deadlier than what it actually was to cause people to go get the vaccine? Who knows? I bet you here in two weeks when they come out, if it, they do say it, oh yeah, it's no, no more different than the Delta. It's actually a little bit weaker. Then what was the need to shut down the flights? Was it to fearmonger Americans to in, into getting the, the actual vaccination? I still know tons of people that haven't even got vaccinated. I actually might be, now I think about it. Within my group of people that I know, I might be one of the only guys that I know that is vaccinated. Actually, my camera guy is, aren't you? Yeah, he is. Everybody else isn't. Um, I don't know. But everybody else has already had it, so they also haven't traveled. I don't think about it. So I was actually, I was actually wondering, and it's never came out until today, the WHO, the World Health Organization. Have you guys ever known they've been using the Greek alphabet to name these different variants? I've been wondering why we skipped over. They never really came out, but they finally said why they skipped over them. You guys ready for this? They use the, the alphabet, the Greek alphabet, to actually name them off. You guys didn't know that. But Delta was the most dominant one, followed by eight others. Epsilon, Iota, and Lambda, whatever. You guys get it? They were all, they were all been named before, but no one really knows about them. I also believe it has to do with the naming of the variant. 
that kind of sticks with people. Like Delta is easy, but Eta or Theta or Iota, like Kappa actually might a lot of people know Kappa, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Delta sounds, sounds pretty harsh and easy to remember. But the health agency skipped over new and you and you. They skipped over that one. They all also skipped over XI, which is Xi or I. Okay. Instead, it went straight to Omicron, which is the 15th letter. The reason for this is new is too easily confused with new as in new variant, which to me doesn't make any sense. Or it could be the fact that a lot of people in China use that side of NU inside of their, their, their naming themselves. Okay. Or here's another one. Or Zai, which was not used because it's a common surname. Zai, I, XI, whatever, Z, however you want to say it. It's, it's a bit, literally XI. Okay. Who says the best practice? Who says? Oh, my God. Okay, I can't put it like that. World Health Organization says the best practices for naming new diseases suggest avoiding causing offenses to any cultural, social, national, regional, or professional, or ethnic groups. So they would not name them because of where the virus actually came from because they did not want to piss off the Chinese anymore. Let's just be real. President of China, what's his f***ing name? Is it XI? Yes. Through pronounced differently, the Greek letter XI bears a similarity to the Chinese surname ZI, whatever you want to say. Xi Jinping. Wow, that's kind of actually a tongue twister when you try to put it together. So the real reasoning we're finding out is not is not because they didn't want to piss off social, national, regional, all those kind of people. It wasn't just because of one big thing. It's because it was the president of China. For, for It has like 100%. There's no way it's not. Like, what do you, you think the who, the, how much money did, you know, a matter of fact, I actually could not, could not find it. The only thing I found was the fact that China gave who $86 million and we were like giving 10 times the amount. And yet they're worried about pissing off the Chinese guy. Like, what does this world come to, honestly? Uh, anyway, who says that it's identified best practices for naming new human diseases when they aim to minimize unnecessary negative impact disease on trade, travel, tourism, and animal welfare? What in the world does animal welfare have to do with na- name changes? That is really weird. Anyway, we all know they skipped over two things. And the main reason was because one of the letters literally is the name of the communist leader of China. Let's just be honest. They have to answer it at some point. It's kind of goofy that they literally skipped over two of those. Two. I, can, I can understand maybe the new one, NU, yeah, new. Okay, I get it. Maybe it would have caused people to say, oh, my God, there's another coronavirus out there. The other one, eh, not really. Uh, that one. That one's just goofy. So if you guys have been recently watching any of the TikTok videos, this one actually kind of reminds me of a girl that would be on TikTok that would be trying to write an article and try to sound intelligent when she's really, I'm not going to say that she's not intelligent because she clearly is because your punctuation is great and she can definitely write a sentence better than I can, but her views are a little skewed. Starts it off like this. Opinion articles always, always, always have to give you guys kind of a story when they, when they kick it off. So you guys can have an idea of exactly what you're going to, what you're going to listen to. So here you go. Once upon a time, states debated whether to pay people to get vaccinated. Now some red states are paying people not to get vaccinated by cutting checks to workers who quit or are fired because they refuse to get COVID-19 shots. She's laid the groundwork for you guys. I actually don't remember any of these states down here in the South that were debating on whether to pay people to get vaccinated. I honestly got don't think I've ever heard of that. I think that's more of like a Oregon. I don't even know if Oregon does that. New York definitely does it. California does it. Detroit, Chicago. All those, all those cities that are, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. I don't want to sound rude, but they're just terrible cities to live in. I've been to all of them. I've stayed in all of them. They're just trashy cities. Let's be real. All those kind of cities, eh, those are the ones that are trying to pay people to get vaccinated. 
All spring and summer, Republicans cried bloody murder about how too generous unemployment benefits were supposedly discouraging Americans from returning to work. Expanded jobless benefits were creating welfare queens, they argued, and driving labor shortages and hurting small businesses. That is because it, they, it's, it's, a, it's a factual statement. It's, it's real. I literally had people working at one of our companies that we own that decided that you kept, we have, our attrition rate was so high on just an hourly wage person because they realize they can make more money staying home. I actually know someone personally who made more money being off, uh, not working than actually doing her normal job. That is very, that's very true. So she didn't work. She didn't have to work. She actually took advantage of it and found a new career. And now she makes more money than she did before the career. So she actually took advantage of it, but she took that time off, made money that she was being paid for not working and got herself to actually, she actually advanced herself. So it, was, it wasn't a bad thing. But yes, if you're going to go in here and say that the generous un, the two generous unemployment things were making people not stay home from work, you were false and you were very, very, very naive. It seemed reasonable to believe that at least for some workers, jobless benefits were a factor weighed when deciding whether to accept or reject available jobs. But lots of other factors matter too, including childcare availability, fear of getting ill, transit problems, changing family priorities, the wages offered, and burnout. Okay, so she actually does not list very many. She makes it seem like there's quite a few. But changing family priorities is not something that should, like everybody's got to go to work. So that's one that I'm going to go ahead and mark off. The wages offered, there's so many jobs offered that had wages that were higher than what they were being paid. So no, that was just people being lazy, not going back to work. And burnout, burnout. Every single person on planet Earth doesn't want to go to work five days a week. I mean, I don't really want to go to work five days a week. Do you? So burnout's not, a, not an excuse. And for fuck's sake, they just had the last year off staying home. Getting ill? All right, maybe some people are living in a bubble and they are scared of getting ill. Child care availability. That one, I can actually see. You have certain school districts that weren't open. You have certain child cares not open. I get it. Some of that's, okay, I can understand that to a certain extent. This is what she goes on the state as well. Now Republicans are expanding these laziness-inducing in, in, benefits once again, but only for workers who refuse shots. So you see how she kind of flip-flopped it there? It wasn't laziness-induced benefits when it had to do with like COVID time when there wasn't a vaccine, but now that there's a vaccine, now they're lazy-induced because people are refusing shots. She says four states, Florida, Iowa, Kansas, and Tennessee have recently expanded benefits to workers who have who were fired or quit over their employer's vaccine requirements. It's people's right not to get the vaccine if they don't want to get it. And why we, we always have to have this conversation about this. I don't, I don't know why some people on the left just can't fully get it through their f***ing thick skulls that not every single person in America wants to be jabbed. You just got to live with it. F***ing move on. Wear your mask, put your tampons in your nose, tape up your face, and f***ing move on. Like, why the f*** you got to worry about somebody else? Just shut the f*** up and move on. If people don't want to get vaccinated, they don't have to get vaccinated. I mean, I am vaccinated. I don't wear a mask when I walk around. You know, I just I just try to live as normal as I possibly can. Because I was told, by the way, by all the people like, like this, I was told that the vaccine was going to save me so I don't have to wear a mask, correct? We can go back to normal. So guess what? I got it. I'm pretty, I'm living a normal life. Because they said I would, you know? That's exactly what the media has been telling me. So if you're watching this and you're one of the people that has to approve this video on YouTube, which, by the way, every single one of our YouTube videos has to get approved before it's allowed to go live, because we talk about shit like this and it just kind of gets under their skin, but they always generally do approve the videos to be monetized and to go live because they realize, holy shit, he's not trying to spread misinformation. He's just reading exactly what people are talking about. Tennessee governor, though, Bill Lee, for instance, said this summer that it wasn't the role of the government to financially incentivize vaccines. It's not. It's not the role of the government. 
People shouldn't be incentivized to get to get the damn thing by getting a hundred dollar check. If that's the case, you literally could pay people to do anything on planet Earth. If they're willing to inject something inside of their body, they weren't really willing to do before you paid them. Almost seems criminal at that point. I, I get it. You're saving lives. At least not vaccines for humans anyway. Over the past two years, Tennessee sent almost half a million dollars for farmers for vaccinating their cattle against various ailments. Okay, yeah. That makes some fucking sense. Some of these farmers don't have enough money to pay for all these vaccines for their cattle. There's a lot of, a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of vaccines that the cows have to get. So they, guess what? They can generate revenue, feed people with that meat. It just kind of makes sense as well. I mean, all those vaccines for all those cows have been used for how many years? In their animals. They're animals. Let's all be honest here. Animals are an expendable thing. They're here for us to utilize. We eat cows. We use cows. We drink their milk. I absolutely love them. But animals, like cows, are expendable. It is what it is. It's kind of like, why do, why do they use mice for, for lab tests? It's because they're expendable. But she goes on and says, yeah, so it's appropriate for the government's role there. Yeah, it is. Because the, goal, the government's literally subsidizing these farmers and kind of helping them with the cost of them to make sure that that entire market keeps going. A recent report from Maxius argues that these policy changes are primarily building loyalty with unvaccinated Americans. Republicans see a prime opportunity to rally their base ahead of the midterms. This is how goofy it is. Yes, most of the people that aren't vaccinated are probably Republican because most people on the Democratic side have been fear-mongered and scared out of their minds to, that they have to get the vaccine and live their life normally. A lot of these people that they're talking about right here live in such rural America that they rarely see people in the first place. That's the other thing that people don't talk about. How many people are actually vaccinated within the cities? And how many people are vaccinated outside of the cities? Well, they have that conversation. Maybe a lot of those people outside, like you go out there in East Texas. If I drive four hours east right now, I'm literally in the middle of nowhere. Maybe those people out there, a lot of those people probably don't even know who the president is right now. Let's be real. They don't even know who the governor is. They don't know who the state elected officials are. Do you think they actually see a need to get a vaccine way out there in the middle of nowhere? Probably not. And let's be real. No one's ever asked that question, right? No one ever brings that up. So apparently these policies also undermine the federal efforts to get the pandemic under control, which the right then blames Biden for not controlling. They also might help sabotage the economic recovery, which then the right also blames Biden for not sufficiently juicing. No, I don't, I don't know if that's the way it kind of works. I don't know. I guess that's one way to look at it, but the economy would be Biden's fault if it is sabotaged. It was by far the strongest economy on planet Earth and still is, by the way, before the coronavirus pandemic. And with the artificial thing that we had last year when it comes to COVID and everything decreasing, yes, it's going to come back and should come back at a very steady and very sharp pace because prior COVID, it was strong, very strong economy. So it should come back to its current levels or indoor higher, goofy. So if it doesn't, then whose fault is it? Probably the guy in charge. Republicans have trashed efforts to mitigate COVID shutdown, mask wearing as far back as early 2020 when President Donald Trump was in office. It's kind of funny because I kind of remember, I don't know, what was that guy's name? Joe Biden? I think what he called uh, xenophobic and racist, essentially. It was racist for Donald Trump to shut off flights from China back in, what was it, February of 2020? Actually, I guess it's a year and a half later, isn't it? More, more like a year and 10 months. Holy shit. can't just now realize it. I look down, it says November. I'm like, oh my God, that was so long ago. It feels like. Anyway, this CNN's just like this. Whatever the motivation, Republicans seem to be rooting for the virus and against the country. That's one hell of a way to end it. Apparently, everybody that's on the, the, the right side of the aisle is rooting for the virus and wants everybody inside the country to succumb to it. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a terrible mindset, and I can't believe they put that kind of stuff out. It just like, I, I don't know how a, a business... Like literally, like I guess maybe it just feeds their base, but 
how could you have somebody out there writing that kind of stuff that ends it by saying that one side of the aisle, which we'll just say it's 50% of America, literally is rooting for the demise of all of America over a virus. It's super, super bad. Anyway, the FTC is actually investigating causes behind ongoing supply chain disruptions and how they are causing serious and ongoing hardships for consumers and harming competition in the economy. Uh, hmm. This is kind of an interesting one. So this is Biden's way of figuring out what's going on since he has no actual idea on, on business. He's throwing the FTC to investigate the causes behind it. They are going to be ordering Walmart, Amazon, Kroger, and other large wholesalers and suppliers, including Procter & Gamble, Tyson Foods, Crafts, Kraft Heinz Co., to turn over information to help study causes of empty shelves and sky-high prices. I mean, I could tell you a little bit about it because we're, we're, we're having the same issue ourselves. We legitimately ordered something. I don't know. We'll say March. Sounds about right. March, April. It says it was going to be here. It got here. We have no idea where it's at. It's not a, this, is not a, this is not a joke. We're talking like a container full of baits. No idea where it's at right now. Like it was supposed to be live a week or two before Black Friday. What are we, first week November coming up? No idea where it's at. I don't think it has to do with Kraft Foods. I think everything has everything to do with the supply chain and the incompetence of the federal government this current, this current time. But they're looking for somebody to blame. The companies will have 45 days from the date they received the order to respond. The FTC study will examine whether supply chain disruptions are leading to specific bottleneck shortages, anti-competitive practices, and contributing to rising consumer prices. So are they trying to blame these said giant companies for the bottlenecks? I don't see that being a thing. Companies are also required to provide FTC with internal documents regarding the supply chain disruptions, including strategies related to supply chain practice, pricing, marketing, promotions, cost, profit margins, sales volumes, selection of suppliers and brands, and marketing or in market shares. Maybe, maybe I could be incorrect here. Maybe they're trying to blame them. Maybe they're, trying, maybe they're trying to use these giant companies, which understand supply chain logistics much better than the federal government, clearly, which is kind of crazy. You know, you know, I'll finish my little thing. Maybe, maybe they are trying to use these companies to figure out what the actual problem is. Maybe they're not trying to blame them. Maybe they're actually trying to use them in their intelligence and understanding how it used to be pre-COVID and how it is now. You know what? I'm going to go on a limb and say that's what they're trying to do. Maybe the federal government's trying to utilize those companies to actually figure out how to fix the problem and get it back to where it used to be and what went wrong in between. Because right now they, they, they clearly don't know how, which is also kind of crazy to me because if I think about it back when I was in the military... The Army is really good at logistics. I know this is going to sound crazy, but they really are. I think I've actually stated this before, but think about it. When I was in, we were maneuvering humans, little little humans, you know, human beings from here to like Afghanistan. It took quite a long time for to get us there, but then we also had to get a bunch of equipment there. Then we had to get it back. And then when I was in Iraq, we had to get to Iraq. We also had to get back. We also had to put these giant like things they call Bradleys and tanks and Humvees on these ships and bring them literally out of port to port to get them over. Like the amount of logistics just that goes into the military is kind of nuts when you think about it. And that's just me knowing on this tiny bit of a scale, but think about like the Navy, the, the air force and the army, and the Marines all in this one huge thing. Imagine how big that logistical grid is. That's going to be massive. Imagine the person on top looking at that, like seeing where everything is at. Military is pretty good at logistics. It's also not really a business per se. So it's not going to understand to a certain extent because all they have to do is make sure they don't go over budget. They don't have, there's no profit margin, that kind of stuff. So this one's kind of strange. I don't normally talk about this kind of stuff, but I thought I should bring it up. So U.S. scientists have created the first living robot. This is, okay, just wait a second. That's known as xenobots. They can actually reproduce in a way not seen in animals and or plants. This is a real thing. 
This is kind of weird. Their tiny blobs were first unveiled in 2020 when the experiment showed that they can move, work together in groups, and self-heal. Self-healing blobs. Stem cells are unspecialized cells that have the ability to develop into different cell types. To make the xenobots, researchers scraped living stem cells from frog embryos, left them to incubate. There's no manipulation of genes involved. That's how they become a robot, by the way. Apparently not all robots are made out of metal and, and plastic and whatnot. This is, that's a, this is a different kind of type of robot. And I had to ask myself, what is the whole reasoning behind doing this? Like, there's got to be a reason behind doing this, right? Like, what is the whole point of, of, of doing this? Like, what kind of research could they really be wanting to, to get out here? Xenobots are very early technology. They, they said to think of it as 1940s computers. That's pretty damn early. And they don't have any practical applications. However, this combination of molecular biology and artificial intelligence could potentially be used to host of tasks in the body and the environment. According to the researchers, this may include things like collecting microplastics in the ocean, inspecting root systems, and regenerative medicine. Apparently, they're going to stick live robots inside of human beings, I guess. So we, we're going down a weird path here. Weird path. Anyway, you guys remember old Quish Quamo? Old Quamo. Them boys are having a little bit of issues. His brother, him, and uh, Andrew. Newly released testimony from the New York Attorney General's investigation into now ousted Governor Andrew Cuomo shows a Cuomo primetime host heavily worked with Democrats' inner circle to combat the sexual misconduct allegations against them, even relying on sources in the media on reporting that what had been done in the governor's accusers. This is going to go down a weird path here soon. Might get his, his brother in a little bit of trouble. Text message released by the state investigators show that Andrew Cuomo aide Melissa DeRosa asking about intel the CNN anchor had on March 15th about the uh, about Ronan Farrow. Cuomo's omission contradicts what CNN or what he had told CNN, excuse me, viewers in August when he had claimed, I have never made calls to the press about my brother's situations. I'm going to assume CNN's going to, I would, I would assume they're going to fire him over this. I would hope so at least. But the problem with CNN is they constantly are blatantly lying to people at the same time and getting away with it because it's free speech, correct? They don't really know. And they just changed the title and the headline, and it's now been been edited. The anchor also admits to investigators that he provided the governor's office advice on his brother's messaging of his handling of the coronavirus outbreak. The thousands of pages of additional transcripts and exhibits that were released today by the New York Attorney General deserves a thorough review and consideration. This is from CNN, by the way. We will be having conversations and seeking additional clarity about their significance as they relate to CNN over the next several days. I'm sure they're going to relate to CNN pretty heavily since that's one of their main anchors was trying to get information or talk about. I mean, think about it. They have never, he's never once talked about his brother's sexual misconduct on TV in a, uh, in a bad light. He never would shed light. I mean, I guess it is, it is family, so why would you? Anyway... This one, this one's the next one. I don't really care about the Cuomo stuff, to be honest with you. I don't care about those people. I think they all have their their moral compass is not pointed in the right direction. For one, one of the brothers works and is like the face of CNN, and I think CNN's moral compass is really, really skewed. And then the other one is literally worked for the federal go- or the excuse me, the government over in New York. So definitely, definitely skewed. So I'm not really, I don't really care for them. I don't really care to talk about them. This one's a little interesting though. So authorities in New York Island are investigating blasts that left a crater that was felt miles away on Sunday. Police are working with the FBI on the probe to determine whether it could have been a prelude to something, a prelude, a prelude, a prelude to something bigger. 
Anyway, the uh, police department said the explosion occurred on Fox Island off the coast of West Babylon around 1140 a.m. with the device detonated. Authorities received nearly three dozen 911 calls. I'm looking at the crater now. It kind of actually doesn't look that big from the picture, but it's definitely a solid circle. And you could tell that the blast expanded outwards quite a bit and was definitely on top. I have seen a few blasts in my life. I will say that one is uh, it's interesting the way that it's shaped. I don't, you don't see a lot that are circular like that, like perfectly circular. Investigators are not ruling out any idea that the, that the incident may have been a test run for something bigger, such possible as a terrorist attack. Terrorism is, all, terrorism is always a concern because people do test things before using them. The blast left a crater on the north side of the island that measured four feet wide and two feet deep. That's what I'm saying. So if you guys look at it, it's literally four feet wide in circle all the way around. It is kind of interesting. I don't, you don't, I, I, I don't, I haven't seen a lot myself that have been perfectly circular like that. I'm like sifting through, you know, when you could like your, your brain kind of stores images of things in your head, I guess you would say kind of a weird way to put it, but like things that you've seen in the past, I'm like trying to think of a situation or have, which, which one I've actually seen. And I keep going back to the ones that we found a lot in, uh, over by Pakistan, I found a lot of them, but they were always inside of, uh, culverts and, Anyway, okay, moving on. Moving on. That one, uh, that one doesn't seem very good. They actually they have a boat on camera that they took a photo of, 23-foot-long boat that has stripes on the side of it. Very, very vague description. But if you guys didn't know, we'll end it on this one. So we have Long Island Explosion. Then we're moving over to the Taliban. I don't think they have anything to do with each other, but this one is uh, pretty telling. This one's just a, as of a couple hours ago. Taliban forces have killed or disappeared more than 100 former security members by directing them to register for, to receive papers that were supposedly to ensure their safety, but in actuality served as their death warrant. This is not something that should be too shocking to anybody. We already knew that they were going to try to to get rid of every single person in Afghanistan that actually fought with the Americans and it's been happening. They have them come and they have them sign these papers saying that they're okay. And then that's actually them registering to go with the Taliban's hunting them down. These former security officials tricked into signing these false protection papers are often detained within days after registering. Their bodies are often collected by either family members or by the people in their communities. Those who disappear are often taken in uh, during nighttime raids. Exactly what I said was going to happen. I said that on episode number one legitimately, I think it was episode number one. I said this was going to happen. I probably said it multiple times during those. But yeah, episode number one, 50 episodes ago, I said this. And that's two months, two or three months ago. There you go. I said it was going to happen and it is happening. It's goofy. Anyway, well, I hope you guys did enjoy this podcast over here. I'm going to uh, hopefully go maybe shoot a deer today. I don't know. I don't really know. I'm going to try at least. going to drive another hour and a half up there to stare at some deer walking around. If they don't see anything, then I guess that sucks. So I do love you guys. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I will see you guys Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. <laughs> 